Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. This is one of the most amazing interviews that I've had the opportunity to do. We're gonna change it up today. The bullpen will not be a debate, but a highlight. A highlight of two amazing people, Brandon Harris and Surah Sona, okay? Brandon, <clears throat> through a remarkable story, Brandon helped his friend get out of jail early. His friend is now in college. Brandon is also in college, about to go to law school. It's an amazing success story. Brandon and Surah, thank you both for being on the show. How are you? Doing well. All right, I'm gonna do it this way. And Brandon, typically I would start with you because you're the guy who said, let me try to change something. But I wanna start with Surah. You were incarcerated, you had a lengthy sentence. You all were very good friends and then something happened. Brandon ended up getting a scholarship to a private institution. He wasn't there in, in the community with you as he was before. And you went a different path. You went this path, you get in trouble. And then he comes back and he rescues you. But I want you to tell us the story from your perspective. Um, so me and Brandon, like we've been friends since we were in third grade and we did like regular things together, like as kids, like basketball, games, and stuff like that. And then, like when we got into middle school, it just I started to get into the wrong things, and and then that's how like we stopped like encountering with each other because I didn't want to bring my troubles to him, and I know he was doing great things. So when I got in high school, it just I started to. I just started to go down like really down the wrong path and I just started getting in trouble with law enforcement a lot and um I received a 15 year sentence. So due to the project, he had um he had wrote me a letter like 2 years into my sentence. And um he just was like asking me what's like how my life been and and I've been asking him like just back and forth talk about how each other been. He was telling me that he was he was in college and I was happy for him and it just basically motivating each other to just lift each other up. He had um a project he wanted to do, uh, which was telling the stories of the uh, lost and the lost and forgotten. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was very interesting. I just I, when he told me about it and um he had asked me, do I want like do I want do I want to tell my story of like my history of why I why I'm in the situation that I am that I'm in and um it was it was a lot to talk about just it was a lot to 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 yeah to basically explain and I I felt at that time like okay I didn't really want to do it but I felt like if I wanted to make true change for myself and elevate myself and just help someone else not get in the situation that I was in, then that would be great. And it don't matter if I help you just one person. I just, mm-hmm. I did something, I did my job, so. And that was noble of you. So let me highlight some nobility here. Already, number one, 
you were doing some things that you knew would be adversarial to your friend. So you didn't want to bring that around your friend. So there was this disconnect. You end up getting popped. You get a 15 year prison sentence. That's real time, okay? That's not playground time, that's real time. You're in for 15 years. Your friend reaches out to you, Brandon reaches out to you. He says, I have this project where I'm going to highlight those that society tends to forget. You agree to do this project, not because you think it's going to get you out of jail. You agree to do the project because you think it may help somebody else in the future, another act of nobility. So now let's go to Brandon Harris. Brandon Harris, you're the friend, you see this happening. Give us the perspective from your point of view. Yeah, so we basically split when we went to high school. Sura stayed in the public school system and I got a full academic scholarship to a, a nearby top private school in the city. And at that school, most people who were there were on the route to college. And I was on that route too. And I ended up getting a full ride, an academic full ride to Davidson College in North Carolina, which is where I'm at right now. And our, our fork on the road just became even more extreme as time went on. Starting with going to two different high schools, then getting to the point where he was incarcerated in juvenile detention. And then getting to the point where he eventually during my start of college, he received a 15 year prison sentence for, for first degree burglary. Tell us about your advocacy. There was a project and you wanted this project to do what? I wanted the project to tell a story. Okay. I wanted the project to tell Sura's story. So I had I had a problem going on in my mind and it took me a while to identify exactly what it was. And that was that as we were going, as we were young, going through high school and even our, our early adulthood, Sura was consistently portrayed in a negative way by the media for his actions. And he was, in my opinion, I don't think that people were actually willing to see him in an objective way. He would be in the newspaper, on the TV news for his crimes at young ages, even as a juvenile. And it bothered me that people did not understand how he got to that situation. What steps were missed along the way to get him in that scenario, that bothered me a lot. And it got to the point that later in, in college, I was able to connect with the professor and I said that I wanted to tell his story. I wanted to start a project called Telling the Stories of the Ignored and Forgotten. And Sura was a person who I considered to be ignored and forgotten by our society. That's such a powerful dynamic, um, such a powerful statement because everything you did came from an actual experience. Uh, you were exposed to something and something I tell my college students often is that we are a combination of three E's, experiences, exposure and environment. Um, and those three E's caused you to create a space for your friend. Now I wanna ask you this question, because at some point this went from a project about highlighting these particular voices that deserve context and nuance to a project that said, we may be able to get my friend out of jail soon. How did that transition happen, Brandon? Yeah, so as I told the story, as I researched through her story, I wanted to tell it in the most objective way possible. So that included many interviews by letter and by phone with Sura while he was incarcerated. It included reaching out to people who might not be on his side. I reached out to 
all the victims I could find through public record. I even reached out to the person who prosecuted his cases. I reached out to his family members, friends, anybody who had some knowledge of his life situation from even before the day he was born to the current day um, today. That's what I wanted to understand. So I took that objective approach and then as I got all of my, my research together, I decided that the best way for me to present it, I wanted to tell the world. So I decided to do a public Zoom presentation. It was open to the, the entire world and I asked Sura if he was interested in this and he was all in. So from there, I reached out to the prison he was at in Maryland and asked if he'd be willing to accommodate so that he could be available through Zoom for two hours to go through this presentation. And I was initially denied, they said no, and that hurt. That hurt, that hurt me, that hurt Sura, that hurt everybody who was invested in this project. But knowing that Sura was in the situation that he was in, I knew that I had to take every step I knew if this was going to fail, I had to fail knowing that I took every step possible to make it work. So I reached out to the governor of Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan. I wrote him a letter, let him know about the scenario. I let him know about my project. I let him know why I thought my project was important. And a few days after that letter was received, I heard that he was enthusiastic about the project and he reached out to the Department of Corrections to make that possible. So Sir was available by Zoom for two hours to talk about his story. We went through our research and within two minutes of being onto the call, our Zoom meeting had met the capacity, 300 participants from all wow. around the world. And at that point, we knew that we had a support system. People were actually interested in hearing the objective story that we had to tell. So that was that. Was that. And after that, that project, we really started thinking about how could we get a judge, the court, to hear the situation. So that was what steps we were taking after that presentation last April. Let me tell you, man, I'm, um, I've read the story, I've seen the interviews, I academically know what happened, I've done the research, but to hear you tell it uh, makes me um, profoundly emotional for a very good reason. Because you chose not to take no for an answer. And if we had people like you both running this country, we will be in a far better place today than we are right now. And let me say this also, one of the greatest, one of the most underrated experiences in humanity is being uncomfortable. I actually like being uncomfortable because when I'm uncomfortable, I would change things. You were uncomfortable, you changed something. And here's what happens. Two things take place when we're uncomfortable. Either number one, we try to change the thing that makes us uncomfortable or we try to become comfortable in our discomfort and change nothing. You decided to change what was around you because you were uncomfortable. Um, Sura, let me talk to you about your highly successful life now. You're a college student, you study film, photography and production, mm -hmm. you have an actual photography business. As a matter of fact, tell us the name of your business, brother. It's a FTGU Photography. It stands from it stands for from the ground up. Mm. Yeah, because you know, like we all start from somewhere and, and we build ourselves up and build our own empire. So that's that's why I came up with that. What year would you be getting out of prison if you had to serve 
the 15 years they initially gave you? Um, 20, 2034, I'll be 35 years old. Let me tell you why I'm so connected to you brother in spirit. When I was 17, the state of Georgia passed a new law that made all 17 year olds adults. And I got arrested for a felony and was facing 22 years in prison. I would have gotten out of prison last year if I received those 22 years. I was able to go through what's called a first offender program. That's why I have no felony conviction on my record today. I was mandated to finish my GED because I was too far behind in high school. And today I'm a college professor at the same institution that I got arrested in front of back when I was 17. So when I hear your story and I see the positive impact you're having, you are giving so much more to society than you ever could think of taking away. You are being such a positive impact to not only your local community, but now national, a national audience. Let's go to that time, that transition. You do the Zoom meeting, they finally agree to it. You see all of this support, it reaches capacity. You see that communities are supporting you. When did it become real to you, Sura? When did it become real to you that a judge may actually reconsider the harsh over sentencing you received? It, um, it came to me, um, I wanna say six months after the Zoom call. Mm. Um, I didn't really believe uh, that I can actually like come home from like that Zoom call and get so much like support from everyone. And um, like, yeah, six months into it, I had um, I had talked to Brandon and talked to so many people at this point, and just it was just a, a lot of people that just was that was just reaching out to give me opportunities, and I felt like that it should be no reason if I do receive a court date, it should be no reason that the judge can cannot say no because. It's just it's so many good people that's reaching out and that's that's telling me, okay, when you when you come home or when when you when you be released, we have this for you. We have uh, we have like photography programs. We have camera for you. Just like a whole bunch of things that can start me up to help me become the person that I want to be. And um, like once I started to see like the support system gain and people around me and like the Davidson College like involved in it. I just knew that I was coming home soon. Hmm. Brandon, when did it become real to you that this was going to happen or likely going to happen? So it was, so we found out about the court date in December. So we went from April to December, not knowing if we would even get a day in court to tell the story. And when when we when I got the call that that we had gotten that court date, I became optimistic, but I also felt a bit nervous, if I'm being honest. Because I didn't want to fail my friend. Mm. I didn't want to get him into this position and have this not work out the way that we wanted it to. Yeah. Was this a sentence modification hearing? Yes, it was. Okay. Correct. Was it the same judge who did the original sentence or a new one? The same judge. You know, and that's fascinating because 
I'm sure somebody's told you that's rare. What you accomplish, attorneys try to do their whole practice and never get one of those done. You successfully advocated for the same judge who gave the 15 years to let him out. What do you think the change was? What was the difference? The change was that Surin now has a support network that mm-hmm. unfortunately was never there. He has opportunities that were never available. He has resources that were never available. I look at Surin's situation as an example of the school to prison pipeline, yeah. which is basically the funneling of youth from the public school system directly to the criminal justice system because their needs are not being met. And it happens so consistently. To be able to step in the courtroom and actually talk about what I had found from my research and discuss the opportunities that I thought were possible for Sura if given the opportunity, that meant a lot. I really wish that more people had that opportunity today. I have a statistic that I'd like to share. Yes. In our home state of Maryland, 40% of re-entrance to society, people leaving prison, return to prison within three years of being released. And that's based on a 2016 report that was done by some summer interns at the governor's office in Maryland. Re-entry to society is very difficult and we're experiencing that right now with Sura. Sura is having to work incredibly hard and take major steps for himself to actually survive. We hope that people can understand that if people are giving, if re-entrants are given the appropriate support, opportunity and resources to be successful, they can and will do so. And Amazing. Sura is an example of that. He's working to be an example of that. You know, you both are great examples of the best of us. All of us have made mistakes. Every single one of us have done something worthy of being incarcerated. Everybody, okay? That's just how laws work in this country. But you have risen above the circumstance. You're becoming advocates for others who may be caught up in a similar circumstance. And you're living your story out loud. I only have two minutes left before the next show. So Brandon, Asura, I want you both to share with us what's next. And Sura, I'll start with you, what's next for you? Uh, once I finish, um, I actually go for like half of my, the rest of my GD. At uh, the community college, once I finish that, I will go to school for uh, photography and film productions. And um, right now, I'm um, just focusing, working hard, and just for my photography business, just every day to just stay consistent and just just build myself and just elevate. So I wouldn't really have to work. I just put in the hard work now, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to work as hard in the future. That's so. right. That's right, um, well said. You got greatness written all over your brother, Brandon. Yeah, I'm a senior, I'm a current senior at Davidson College in North Carolina. I'll be graduating in May with a bachelor's of arts in philosophy. Yeah. And I'll be attending Columbia University, Columbia Law School in the fall in New York City. So amazing, so amazing, man. Uh, I'm looking for great things out of you too, Brandon, um, obviously. Uh, you all are going to be joined as friends for life. Uh, you know, this hasn't been interesting friendship here. I, you know, I, I'm just trying to think. You know, I've never had a friend get me out of prison. I, I really, when I was incarcerated, uh, I could barely get somebody to put money on my books. Okay, so what's the friendship like, man? 
that y'all argue? Like, I'm just interested now. This is just a nosy question. Like, Brandon must win every argument at this point. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we haven't we haven't really got to spend as much time as we'd like because I'm in North Carolina and he's in Maryland. But this summer, we'll be spending time together. That's good stuff, man. Proud of you both. Thank you both for coming and doing this show with me, okay? Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having us. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. If you need anything, you let us know.